0: Good morning, good morning on this Monday, the 25th of July, 2022. Let's be praying today for um, firefighters and the people who live in the path of fires raging uh, across the western portions of the United States. We actually have 95 large fires right now um, in 15 states. The one we that probably has uh, most of our attention is raging through a rural community near California's Yosemite National Park. It's up in the Sierra Nevadas. Um, It's 0% contained, and thousands of people have had to evacuate. There's also a lot of livestock in the area with nowhere to go. Um, And so let's be praying. Let's be praying for rain. Let's be praying for firefighters. Let's be praying for um, an end to California's drought. And let's also be recognizing that um, we have a responsibility to care for one another in the midst of these kinds of events. And so, you know, let's be sheltering those who are uh, needing to flee. And then let's also be, you know, committing to one another to some long term solutions to to these challenges that we face also want to lift up, continue to lift up the people of Ukraine. Uh, Russian missile strikes hit the southern Ukrainian port of Odessa just one day after Ukraine and Russia agreed on a deal that would allow the resumption of vital grain exports from the region. And we talked a little bit about this on Friday. Um, and I told you I was skeptical. And, you know, sadly, um, you know, it, it's just it does not look as if Russia is going to allow um, these grain exports from from Ukraine to proceed from the black Sea ports uh, and so um that 's g- presenting a very real challenge it 's not just grain it 's also you know the oil seeds all of the uh, seeds from all of the sunflowers that would produce the sunflower oil that so many people around the globe rely on, and so that then leads us to a concern related to um, famine in, in some places, um, particularly in Africa and in the Middle East. So let, let's be absolutely lifting up ardent prayers. Let's be um, praying for those who are actively engaged, like the U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken. Let's be um, praying for people in the UN who are actively engaged. And, uh, and, and let's recognize that the good of people around the world Um, is dependent upon the actions of states like ours, the United States. There was a volcano in Japan that erupted yesterday, Sunday, um, prompting a level five alert. That's the highest level that they issue, calling for people to evacuate. And so let's be um, praying for the people um, located in the Kagoshima Perfectorate in the southern tip of Japan uh, who are most, um, you know, most personally affected by this event? We're going to know more about that um, as uh, as that story more fully unfolds and we get some media in the area. Um, and you have heard, I'm sure already, that the World Health Organization has declared the monkeypox outbreak a public health emergency of international concern. I just want to say one thing about this: If we, as a people, um, here in the United States and globally, if we were um, recognizing god's created order and god's good gift of sexuality in the context of it exclusively in the monogamous relationship between a man and a woman this story would not be a story god has told us what is good and we suffer we suffer when we fail to live within the goodness of his design So let's be praying. Let's be um, actively on, uh, you know, pressing forward on our front foot into the conversations of the day. And let's do so in ways that honor Jesus. Our friend Dan Darling is going to join us next. He has an excellent piece um, posted at uh, World News Group, WNG.org. Do Americans really support unlimited abortion access? That conversation up next here on Mornings with Carmen.
1: So, speak light, speak light to the deadest, darkest night. Speak light, speak light when the sun
0: won't shine and you don't know why. We're excited to have Dan Darling back with us. Daniel Darling is the director of the Land Center for Cultural Engagement at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. You know him also as a best selling author of several books, including The Original Jesus, The Dignity Revolution, one of my favorites, The Characters of Christmas, The Characters of Easter and away with words. He is also the host of a popular weekly podcast, The Way Home. Um, Dan, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. We've missed you.
1: Hey, it's great to be back with you, Carmen.
0: Yeah, it's wonderful. Wonderful to talk with you. All right. So we have been um, following what you're writing at World News Group, WNG.org. And so I'd love for you to unpack for us this piece about do Americans really support unlimited abortion access? What we hear in the polling is not necessarily you know, true of we the people.
1: But it really isn't. Um, I mean, I think one of the top line things you hear in most media reports is that um, the reversal of Roe versus Wade it is deeply unpopular. That most Americans don't support it, uh, and it is true that a uh, in, in almost every poll, uh, a slight majority of Americans oppose the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Usually, it's between five and ten point uh, spread there. But when you dig deeper into uh almost every major poll, we we did a poll. Uh, with LifeWay research that shows this, there was the Harvard-Harris poll that came out and, and even Pew and others show that about 70% of Americans support abortion restrictions after 12 weeks and uh, almost a majority, about 49% support restrictions after six weeks, which Roe most certainly would not have allowed. And then if you dig e- even deeper into the kind of the reasons why uh, abortion decisions are made, um, a, a high percentage of Americans – don't support um, elective abortions. Uh, They only support it for the extreme cases like rape and incest and life of the mother. And so actually uh, most Americans are where, are, are not where the media, most of the media is. And most of the left is where, you know, any restriction is considered an assault on the constitution and all those things. And when you actually also look at the, the things that animate Americans as they are about to go to the polls this year for the midterms, abortion doesn't really rank high. Now I wish it did because I think it's a, it's a huge issue, but inflation and other issues are much higher. So you put all that together and you, you get the idea that the American people by and large are not as freaked out by the overturning of Roe uh, as the media and the left are.
0: When I think about the – it's nearly overwhelming the number of angles and conversations um, related to the Supreme Court decision. I mean not just not just um, sort of observing those who are protesting, the things that they're saying, what they're willing to put on a sign and carry around and be photographed doing um, – like I'm I'm troubled by all of those things. I'm also troubled by conversations um, in terms of the way abortion is characterized as related to access to contraception, um, travel related to abortion, um, both sort of the evidence that people were already traveling to get abortions and then all these companies that seem to be you know more than happy and willing to pay for their employees to you know to travel to get abortions. Um, and then chemical abortions, like the, the number of cascading headlines related to this, Dan is, it it can be very overwhelming. So I'm wondering if you can help us just kind of find our feet this morning. How, how would you see Christians responding? What do we need to do? Where should we be focusing our attention?
1: Well, I think Christians should focus our attention, uh, in a number of places. I think number one, we should recognize that as significant as the victory was, uh, and seeing Roe overturn, you know, the the culmination of almost 50 years of patient, hard, persistent activism. Uh, this is just the beginning. Uh, number one, we've got to continue to fight for protections for the unborn in various states. And in some states, it's going to be a long, hard slog. Uh, places like California, my home state of Illinois, New York. Uh, we're going to be fighting this battle for a long time. I think number two <clears throat> we have to continue to make the case for the sanctity of the, of the of unborn human life to every generation. We can't assume that people understand the case that we're making uh, that that the baby in the womb is not a of, uh, tissue or collection of cells there's a human being there. And that's the central question at the heart of our this debate, is this a human being? And if it's, if this is a human being then he or she is worthy of, of protection and, and life, we have to make the case, not only to the outside world, but also to our own people, to our own uh, next generation. We can't assume that they're going to grow up understanding this and believing this. And I think third, we have to continue to expand upon the great work we're already doing uh, around the country, reaching and helping mothers and um in babies in crisis. I I think of the great work that crisis pregnancy centers do. I think of the great work that churches around the country do in terms of encouraging adoption and and other ways to come around um, mothers in crisis. But there's even more we can do. I think there's public policy opportunities um, to help stabilize families economically. And so I think uh, this is just the beginning of our work, uh, uh, not the end of our work.
0: We're talking with Dan Darling. He's the director of the Land Center for Cultural Engagement at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. This conversation continues in just a moment. I'm Carmen Laburge. This is Faith Radio. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show we do on the Faith Radio Network every day. There is a lot going on at Faith Radio Tons of free resources waiting for you to take advantage of and share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. Be sure to check us out on social media as well. Um, This is a community of believers, and we gather together here, and we all need prayer. And, well, we'd love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer. We pray for specific requests every single week when we gather on Tuesdays and Thursdays as a staff. So share your prayer request with us anonymously and securely on our website at MyFaithRadio.com and then be assured of our prayers for you in the Spirit of Christ. Check it all out at MyFaithRadio.com. Dan Darling is with us today. He's the director of the Land Center for Cultural Engagement at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. You can find him at DanielDarling.com. All the great stuff that he is writing is linked there as well. He's a frequent um, opinion writer for World News Group. You can find those articles at WNG.org. Dan, have you ever been um, you know, speaking at an event and had people get up and walk out like lots of them?
1: I've never had that experience, thankfully, and uh, hopefully, hopefully it doesn't happen. But it's amazing that increasingly it's happening around the country uh, that we're so divided that people can't sit through a, a talk or a lecture or a commencement address by someone that they disagree with. Even if the content of what they're saying they don't disagree with, but because that particular person happens to take a position on an issue that they, they don't agree with, it's, it's really something.
0: So I think those of us who um, have had the experience of having like hecklers in the back of a room when we were when we were speaking, um, I, I would say that, you know, I might have preferred people had walked out so that I could have continued, <laughs> continued on yeah. with what I was saying. Yeah. Cause sometimes, you know, the the hecklers are more disruptive than um, than just having people walk out. Um, I'm also wondering what would get me on my feet for what? would I ever walk out? Like, is there a context in which I could imagine that I would feel the need to stand up and walk out? And I think the only time, Dan, that I could imagine doing that would be if something were being proclaimed from the pulpit in a church that I Mm -hmm. recognized was absolutely contrary to the word of God. Like that would get me on my feet and out the door. And that, when I was thinking about that, it's because abortion is a religious practice. It's a, it's a sacrament for a certain group of people. That's why they get on their feet and they walk out when there's an anti abortion or pro-life speaker. They literally for them, it's like, it's like a preacher that for you and I would be preaching something contrary to the word of God from a pulpit in a church.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think there's a few scenarios, small scenarios where you'd say, I just can't abide this. Right. And I think the ones you described are are uh, are good examples of that. I think I think a lot of cases, you know, uh, and and I think one specific case that happened over the weekend, there's a speaker at the University of Michigan uh, when uh, medical school, as they were kind of doing their white coat ceremony, which kind of, is sort of signifies that students are ready to go into um, medicine. Uh, there, there was a speaker there who's on faculty at University of Michigan who happens to be pro-life, and um, she wasn't even speaking on that. She was just kind of commending the students for for entering, you know, medicine. And a bunch of them got up and walked out. And it's interesting. I think it illustrates just how deeply embedded abortion is on the left in terms of as 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 seen as a almost a sacrament. Of, a, of an alternative religion where um, it's, it's the one thing that cannot be breached. And um, I, I think it's really unfortunate. It shows that we have a lot of work to do to, um, to shape hearts and minds on this issue. And it also shows in some ways, uh, standing up for the unborn is, is a spiritual battle. I think we should marshal all of our intellectual resources uh, to make the arguments and pursue every legal Avenue. But at the end of the day in many cases it's a spiritual battle that um, that we're seeing here
0: it's extraordinary to me um you know how many people want they want their health care provided to them and for them they're happy for it to be provided from let's say catholic or um or other religiously oriented health care providers um but then they as the patient want to bind the conscience of the provider and there's just so much going on in the culture that is, you know, that centers around this, you know, this this individualistic, um, what's this, uh, ex- uh, expressive, um, I'm looking here for Carl, um, oh, you know where I'm trying to head and I just can't find my Carl Truman, yeah. Yes, thank you. Ex-
1: expressive um, individualism.
0: Thank you. It's like, this is like a trap in every conversation.
1: Mm. It really is. Uh, I think, you know, Jason Thacker had a great piece uh, at ERLC last week that really summed up what's happening here. Abortion is one. It's kind of the linchpin of the sexual revolution. It's, it's, it's a foundational piece of that. And Mm. if you, if you remove that option, it really, it really, the, the cards in the sexual revolution start to fall, the house of cards, um, and in many ways it's 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 a shameful turning away of what what is happening um it, uh, abortion on demand allows men to to not take responsibility for themselves to not stand up and be the kind of fathers and providers that they should be it's a convenient escape um from the concept, from from the sort of outcomes uh that happen uh, with relationships and and so i, I think as we talk about the sanctity of life of the unborn as we try to save babies in the womb we have to also talk more holistically about god's design for human flourishing about families about what god has designed for us and and i do think christians have the message that the world is asking for i think there's a lot of questions today about about um gender and sexuality a lot of confusion and i think we can compassionately and winsomely and and courageously say, "Hey, there's a better way. You are you are designed for something more than this. Something better. Something higher."
0: That's so good, Dan. I always appreciate that you you know you turn us toward the things that we should be talking about and the way we should be talking about them. Even when the culture just constantly presses in, you know, sort of the negative direction. So thank you for highlighting the piece from Jason Thacker. For those of you who want to find it, it's at ERLC.com. Why Roe is about more than just abortion, individualism, moral autonomy, and the sexual revolution. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was trying to say. So thanks for highlighting that cuz now I'm I'm going to read that. So, see Dan, thank you. I need you to like bookmark more things for me in my reading list. <laughs> that is really good. Hey, we love talking with you. Um you guys are good? You and your kids and Angela, everybody's good?
1: We are good. We're getting settled in here to Fort Worth and um you know, braving the uh the extreme heat here, but we're really enjoying it.
0: Well, we love you guys. We love reconnecting. Glad to know um you know what exactly what you're doing. We're we're following what you're up to um when you write for World News Group, so we love that connection as well. Um thank you so much for joining us today.
1: You're welcome. Thank you Carmen. I always enjoy coming on with you.
0: Yeah, it's a privilege. That's Daniel Darling. You can find him at the Land Center for Cultural Engagement. You can find him at uh, writing at World News Group, WNG.org, or you can just, you know, find him generally at DanielDarling.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen Laburge, and this is Faith Radio. on your prayer list today or maybe better said who is on your prayer list today what are you praying for are there some ordinary things going on today um and then this this thought how are you teaching your children to pray how are the children in your life children grandchildren children within your spheres of influence do they see you pray do they hear you pray do you pray with them Are you praying for them? Do they know that? Are you telling them you're praying for them? Are you asking them how you might pray for them? Are you praying um, in the common and ordinary moments of the day? And are they catching that? So what's the first prayer you remember learning when you were a child? I mean, you know, do you remember learning Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors or our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Do you remember learning that prayer? Do you remember learning a now I lay me down to sleep prayer? I remember praying um, for, you know, my mommy and daddy and my other mommy and daddy and my other mommy and daddy and my mom not being worried about that because she knew, you know, I meant I meant uh, Wilbur and Letha down the street who I stayed with in the afternoons. And she knew that I meant uh, Julia and Gay, who were my godparents and who were an essential part of my life. And like she wasn't... Um, troubled by the fact that, you know, I was lifting up prayers for all of these adults who I trusted and who I knew had this maternal and paternal care for me. Are we teaching children to, wow, trust adults like that and to pray for them? We're going to talk with Katie Bowser Hudson in just a moment. She's one of the co-authors of Little Prayers for Ordinary Days. And in this book is really the heart of four moms for um, how children are going to Learn to love God. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen.
1: You're my defender. You fight for me. I will remember.
0: All right, Katie Bowser-Hudson, one of the co-authors of Little Prayers for Ordinary Days, um, has COVID. (laughs) She's not joining us. I know, it's like a bad tease for me to tell you that she was coming and then to tell you Okay, she's not coming. Um, but here's here's uh, what I want you to know about this wonderful book. Um, and I do have copies to give away, so I'm going to go ahead and give the copies away because the book is excellent. And for those of you who have little people in your lives, so this is really um, you know if you're going to text in for this particular book, uh, let me let me say I would love it for be for it to be moms and grandmas, um, dads and grandpas who are training little children how to love God, because that's really who the book is designed for. Um, so the book is Little Prayers for Ordinary Days. You can text the word BOOK to 877-933-2484. Again, you're going to text the word BOOK to 877-933-2484, Little Prayers for Ordinary Days. Um, so these moms that wrote this book, uh, two of them have been very, very engaged in, um, in what I would call like a, a ministry of children's music and teaching children to sing and love the Lord through song, so they they're engaged in this children's band called um, Rain for Boots, and um, and then Katie also wrote a book, um, a poetry collection really that chronicles her experience with breast cancer that's called um, Now I Lay Me Down to Fight, and it is just it's fantastic. Um, And so these four moms, they get together and they write this book. And it really is about praying in the midst of the most ordinary parts of the day. like And walking us through how we can really tell God everything at any moment of the day. So talking with us about moment-by-moment prayers. So prayers for waking up. Prayers for reading a book. Prayers for um, trying something new prayers for doing something that you're required to do every single day, uh, multiple times, maybe like washing your hands or brushing your teeth or like, right. Um, Folding your laundry, like all of the things that we're training children to do anyway. How do we help them see that God cares about those things? God cares about them in the midst of that and praying with them and for them in those moments, long car rides, um, disappointments, school, homework. I mean, on and on and on. So, um, the book is uh little prayers for ordinary days and it's written by really four wonderful moms who also happen to be women engaged in all kinds of other ministries and so if you're interested in uh entering the drawing for the copies that we have text the word book to 877 and um, how about this how about i will read one of them Um, here is a little, here's a prayer. So like kids love to make stuff, right? They love to make stuff. Um, and so here is, uh, a prayer out of little prayers for ordinary days for when I make something, God, I love to make things. When I paint, when I draw, when I write, when I build, when I dance, when I cook, when I dig, I'm acting like you, you love to make good things. You do it all the time. And you never get tired. I love that you made me a maker like you. It gives you joy when I create. And I think you're amazing. Amen. So um, I'm wondering if you'll share with me on the text line as well. um, Things that you have taught your children to pray, particularly when they were little. So Cody has already texted in my two and four year old first prayer. A, B, C, D, one, two, three. Thank you, God for feeding me. I actually don't know that it was singable or that it was sung, but when I read it in the text that Cody sent a few minutes ago, <laughs> when I read it, it 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 had a it had a rhythm. So there you go. Do you have um a prayer that you remember from when you were little, your first remembered prayer, or maybe a prayer that you're teaching? to your children or your grandchildren today what are um what are those prayers um oh jessica says uh carmen needs to narrate the book yeah that would be fun we could just like read prayers out of the book um that would that would actually uh be well spent time but i'm also wondering what are your prayers as a child how did you pray when you were a child do you remember someone teaching you to pray um and what do you overhear children praying today and how are you building up that part of the life of the children and grandchildren in your life like do they like yesterday when we got in the car jim and i and rebecca who is one of our kids and then her two girls, uh Evelyn and Emma, and then we stopped in in uh, Knoxville and picked up Decker. So all of us um trekked uh to what will now be camp for this week with, you know, grandma and grandpa. That's that's me and Jim. And so it's going to be a really really fun time. Lots of little people right now in bunk beds. Um but we I'm thinking of the number of times that we've already prayed. Like we prayed when we got in the car and we, you know, talked about travel mercies and um, talked about, um, you know, the way we were going to treat one another and, um, asking for God's blessing on the time. And, uh, and then we, we, okay, I might've been driving and we might have almost run out of gas because it's not my vehicle and I might not have been quite paying attention. And so there was a little bit of anxiety related to that, but we prayed and God got us through. And, uh, and then we, uh, were at a restaurant for dinner and, you know, we very publicly had a time of prayer as a family. Um, and I think that that's a public witness not only to our our grandchildren, but it's a public witness to everyone else, like how is Christ being made known to other people in the way that we break the bread and bow our heads um in public settings and treat those who serve us? all of those things are an opportunity to train up children in the way that they should go, trusting that um you know in the future they're not going to depart from it that's like the promise of God in the proverbs and so um and then I'm thinking about last night all right they're in a new place they're um in you know in not in their own beds and at least in one case you know his mom's not the one tucking him in and so what does it look like to pray with little ones um, as they lay their heads down to sleep trusting that god is going to to protect them and that the light is going to rise that the sun's going to rise in the morning right and um, and everything's going to be okay like how do you do that right so, all right, Sherry has texted in I'm a grandma and I'm interested in the Little Prayers book. All right, you need to text the word book to the same number that you just texted that message to Sherry and you're going to get a bounce back uh message to to help us um to help us along with that. All right. So, um it's uh it's all good. I know that um we <laughs> We now we now have a text message from Sweet Katie, who is not with us right now, but we're talking about her book anyway. So Katie Bowser Hudson um, is one of the co-authors of Little Prayers for Ordinary Days. And she's just apologized to all of us for missing this um, this conversation. Katie, it's OK. The Lord's got you covered. The uh, conversation about Little Prayers for Ordinary Days is happening and we're giving away copies of the book. So those of you interested, text the word book to eight seven seven nine three three. 2484. Mary texts in this prayer. God is great. God is good. And we thank him for our food. Yes. By his hands, we all are fed. Give us Lord this day our daily bread. Amen. Amen. And amen. Um. She also shares. Um, this simple prayer thank you god for loving us and then she says i also learned now i lay me down to sleep yeah so the now i lay me down to sleep prayer here's here's the way i remember it i'm gonna see if you remember it differently now i lay me down to sleep i pray the lord my soul to keep if i should die before i wake i pray the lord my soul to take and then god bless mommy and daddy god bless my other mommy and daddy god bless my other mommy and daddy god bless t and i mean i had a long list um so why was i not frightened by that prayer Like, that's kind of a scary prayer, if you think about it. Um, You know, if I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take was, I was apparently not worried, particularly worried about dying in my sleep. But apparently, I was confident that if I did, I was going to be with Jesus. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. Um, So uh, talk with me about um, your prayer life when you were a little person, when you were a child, or share with me how you are teaching others, um, teaching others to pray uh, the little people in your life 877-933-2484 um and again katie it's okay katie is actually on the text line now with us she says i don't even have a voice i couldn't even finish a sentence it's okay no we're we got you covered girl um thank you for the contribution of of the book and um, we're praying god's healing blessing over you today and your family You rest well, our friend. We're going to just talk about you in your absence and lift you up before the Lord. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at myfaithradio.com. Dot com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. All right. All the grandmas are texting in now. I love it. All right. So I'm Carmen LaBurge. You are listening to Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. And we're talking about prayer and we're talking about how we pray with and for our children and our grandchildren and other children in our spheres of influence. Um, I know that little children are learning to pray when they go to Sunday school, but I also know that there's not a lot of little kids going to Sunday school these days. So from whom are they going to learn prayer? From whom did you learn how to pray? I certainly learned prayer at um, the knee of my grandmother, Robina, and I certainly learned prayer from my parents at bedtime when they tucked me in. And I have learned um, to pray with and for others over the course of time. Deb, uh, Deb says this, my grandson is learning prayers from me and his other Grammy. By the way, when you talk about the Grammys, this is what I'm talking about. These are award-winning grandmas out there. When they when they got that big annual show and everybody gets dressed up and goes and gets, you know, competing for a Grammy, these are my Grammys. So Deb's getting a Grammy today, and the other Grammy's getting a Grammy today. Love that. All right. Uh, I'm a little off topic. Uh, Deb says, we were delighted when he came up with his own mealtime prayer, which was a combination of the ones that we had taught him at each of our houses. And so his prayer is now, thank you, Jesus, for this day. Let these gifts be blessed. Amen. I love that. Um, Deb has also texted in before the prayer that, um, that she made up and has prayed over her four grandchildren every nap time or every time they spent the night at her house. And it goes like this. Thank you, Jesus, for this day. Lots of fun to learn and play. Now it's time to have a rest so I can wake and be my best. Calm my mind and body too and help me now to rest in you. Amen. She says we're also working now on thanking Jesus throughout the day and praying to him when we're are, when we're afraid or for healing when we get hurt. Oh, amen, amen, and amen. All right, that is um that is wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh Gay says um after ending the now I lay me down to sleep prayer with the if I should die, we would then end with, when morning comes and I awake, help me live for Jesus' sake. Oh, I like that. I like that. Thank you so much. Carolyn says, um, my son and his wife are expecting my first grandson any moment, and I have been praying for him already. Carolyn, um, thank you for that contribution to the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I um, I pray for children and whoever it is that God has, you know, uh, along in the future In their path, like who he intends to knit their lives together with and um, certainly pray when people are pregnant, man, I pray that God is knitting those babies together, not only to his glory, but um, for their good and ask for uh, ask for healthy babies, man, every time. Absolutely. So we're praying with you in that. Um, Marissa says, um, um, my grandmother taught me this prayer, Um, angel of God, my guarding dear to whom God's love commits me here ever this day be at my side to light, to guard, to rule, to guide. Oh, I like that. I like that. That's so, so wonderful. All right. Liz offers a sweet meal prayer for preschoolers. Cup full, plate full, let us be grateful. Oh, I like it. I like it. All right. So this is fun. All right. So Jacqueline says, I remember a time when I could not fold my hands. So I thought I couldn't pray. My mom shared with me how she prayed um for her patients, as she cared for them as a nurse, um even with her hands that were so full, yeah, amen, amen um, so good, all right, let's see you guys are you guys are so good. have you got um something to text in the text line is open eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four we're talking about prayer we're talking about the prayers that we learned when we were little um and we're talking about the prayers we're teaching to our littles today how are you teaching the children or grandchildren or children in your spheres of influence children at church how are you teaching them to pray um here's one i am small my heart is clean no one shall live there but jesus alone my dad taught me that in german and in english does it rhyme in german Mm-hmm. It doesn't rhyme in English, but that's okay. All prayers all prayers for children do not have to rhyme. Um, Wisconsin uh, Abe is texting in. He says, having grown up in a traditional Catholic and Lutheran family, um, I learned the typical memorized prayers, but as our faith evolved into evangelical and Pentecostal circles, we began to pray more unique prayers. Um, having done uh, an adoption of older children who don't know those traditions and were never a part of other churches, my 9 year old is now very intrigued to memorize the lord's prayer. Yeah, memorization prayers are just great for kids. Um we recognize it as a framework for prayer rather than repetitive um you know re- repetition. Yeah, I think that's so good. Um praying praying each one of the words of the lord's prayer and each phrase of the lord's prayer um can become just a wonderful wonderful um it, it's it's more than a repetition and it's even more than a rhythm right it's a guide it's a it's a way of constructing prayers around uh around a prayer um cecile says uh, i've taught pre-k and then tk i don't know what tk is but that's okay pre-k and tk um and maybe that's three-year-old kindergarten in a christian school for over 16 years and my my Most favorite time of the day is our daily Bible and prayer time. Three prayer points I always emphasize are, number one, everything that's important to you is important to God. So we can talk to God about anything. I take prayer requests and we pray about boo-boos and lost toys and mommies and daddies on trips and pets and on and on. It's very precious. What a blessed uh, woman I am. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much. She says, point number two, we talk about the friends who um who lowered their friend through the roof through the roof to get him to Jesus and we talk about when we pray for our friends and our family members that we're taking them to Jesus um, because we know that He cares for them even more than we do. And then number three, we talk about Romans twelve fifteen and we rejoice when our friends are happy and we are sad when our friends are sad and we pray about uh both. Yeah, rejoicing with those who rejoice and weeping with those who weep a huge part of the cultivation of Of prayer when we're little. All right, so many of you um in on this. I this really love and appreciate it. Um, Here's a friend texting in. Our daily prayer was this: Father in heaven, from above, look down upon our home in love, keep us in health and strength this day, and give us our daily bread. We pray, and for thy gifts so full and free, we do return our hearts to thee. My oh, and then she, and then this person says, my father taught it to me. Yes. Amen. I love that. Don't you love that? First of all, that you had a praying dad and that he taught you to pray and that he taught you a prayer that you remember today and that he taught you a prayer that you've now shared with hundreds of thousands of other people who can now turn to the father in heaven um, and invite him to look down from above into our homes with love and keep us in health and strength today and give us our daily bread. We pray on and on and on. All right. Here's uh, here is one more. This was so fun, by the way. Thank you so much for participating. In this spontaneous activity this morning. Um, so uh, here's one more. For peace and plenty in our land, for friendships warm and helping hand, for health and strength to work and play, for all your care of us each day, for harmony and sweet accord, for blessing this, our, mm, not sure, it's festival board. That might be um, somebody talk texting and at night quite being right. But anyway, we thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Oh yeah. It would be, um, it would be fun to share all of these in a blog post. And so there you go. I will put together what you guys have texted in and I will create a blog post that you will be able to find at myfaithradio.com by the end of the week. How's that sound? How's that for a deal? Deal of the day. All right. All of this was in the context of a conversation. Um, about a book little prayers for ordinary days that we're giving away copies of today you want to text the word book to 877-933-2484 to enter the drawing and we're playing praying God's hand of blessing upon Katie Bowser Hudson today who is getting over COVID and so couldn't join us for the conversation but we sure had fun talking about her book little prayers for ordinary days you're listening to mornings with Carmen I'm Carmen LaBerge and this is faith radio All right. I'm not sure we need guests. We just need each other. You guys are so great. That was like community theater. I loved it. Thank you so much. What fun. Uh, That was so much fun. Um, Paul Perot is back. He was on vacation last week, and uh, he is the man behind the show. And so, Paul, we hope you had a wonderful, restful uh, restful week, and we're glad you're back.
1: It was a great time being up
0: on the North Shore of Minnesota, uh, the, uh, the the Lake Superior in Minnesota. But unfortunately, as you can hear, my voice is a little raspy. I caught something in the midst of all that. So, yeah,
1: mm. fun. Oh, well. Yeah, we're praying.
0: We're praying it's not God COVID. Healing. I
1: tested it. It's not COVID. So... <laughs>
0: Yeah, we're 2000 miles away from each other. So that's you know, true. I'm glad I'm glad you're back. I'm sorry, you're not feeling great. So we'll, we'll be praying God's healing over you as well. We missed you.
1: Um,
0: and hey, thanks, everybody for texting in during uh, during this segment. It was really, really fun. Um, we're going to be right back here tomorrow. But you don't have to wait that long to visit with us. You can always find us at myfaithradio.com. You should sign up for the verse of the day. You should sign up for the giant book giveaway that we're doing. Um, this is the last week of that for this summer. So don't miss.